0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of FinTech Fridays. I looked at my calendar, and I think today is the uh, milestone 40th episode of FinTech Friday. So um, I haven't been canceled yet. That's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) I'm super pumped for uh, our guest uh, this week. Uh, I've got Joel Winters on. I'm going to let Joel introduce himself in a moment. We're going to kind of change it up a little bit today and talk a little bit about the mortgage servicing space. But before we dive in, Joel, why don't you tell our audience uh, a little bit about yourself?
1: Thanks. Hey, well, thanks for having me. I'm super pumped to talk about uh, NFL free agency today. This is oh, a, this is an NFL podcast, right?
0: Oh, oh man, I get the wrong Joel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, FinTech, all right, we'll, we'll talk about the second most exciting thing going on right now. Uh, so I'm Joel Winters, I own Fremont Street Advisors. We are a consultancy who, uh, we do BizDev. My wife and I own the company. We do biz dev and marketing and the servicing and default space in particular so we represent foreclosure law firms in our space we have a national title company a prop pres company two fintechs which we'll be talking about and touching on today uh so we're really in the space uh talking to the servicers talking to the vendors every week so we have a pretty good pulse of what's going on in the industry and really glad to be here today
0: yeah you and i met at the uh MBA servicing conference, uh, I don't know, four, three, four weeks ago, it seems like a blur. It could have been last week for all I know. Um, and uh, kind of connected right away. I had a really cool conversation and started almost immediately connecting the dots on, on things we might be doing together. And this is not a ben locker podcast, so I don't want to go down that path. But um, what I thought was, what I thought when I found interesting in our conversation, I thought our audience would appreciate. And so I, I've, I've said this before, I love having these conversations and recording them in this in this way through this podcast. I'm gonna learn ab- about you and what you do and, and some of the firms that you represent. But at the same time as I'm learning, our audience is going to learn as well. So it's, it's been, turned out to be a, a cool thing. So I don't know how many of these podcasts you've uh, you've watched in the past, Joel, but I always, like to start out by asking my guests uh, kind of what the term fintech means to them. And today, since we're going to talk a lot about a, a part of the business that I haven't spent a lot of time talking about on this podcast, servicing, I'm curious what fintech means to you specifically in the context of mortgage servicing.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the, the simple answer is any kind of technology that enhances processes outcomes and the financial services uh space so anything that makes my life easier your life easier the servicer's life easier the vendor's life easier so it's a it's a very broad uh stroke to, to brush but it's a certainly a very exciting time for for fintechs i think we're uh it's a a much needed thing in our space right now. We're a little bit, I think people are kind of figuring out that we're a little bit behind the times uh, financially or in, on the FinTech side and yeah. uh, servicing.
0: Yeah, I think we're gonna get into a couple of specifics down the road here in a minute, but uh, before that, before we kind of get into the, into the uh, I guess, the technology side of servicing, maybe we should just talk about some of the fundamentals that are ultimately not only impacting servicing i actually have an opinion that that there is an impact to housing uh inventory that's relative related to servicing but we'll come back to that in a second but in your view how are demographics uh playing a role in today's housing shortage
1: yeah i think well when we talk about technology or the shortage we have to start with the demographics of the country right so a third of the population at the top are baby boomers who either have already sold their old homes and downsized or they're, they're not going anywhere, right? The baby boomers are uh, 33% of the population right now, they're not going anywhere. And at the same time, concurrently, you have the millennials coming into the market in droves, which I know you're seeing. Um, so that's really driving uh, the shortage. I think that's probably not as talked about as a lot of other things like interest rates, and I think that plays into where uh, I think the the estimate is we're four million homes short of a healthy market. And I think that's what's playing into this uh, more than anything. And you don't hear a lot of people talking about about it. But I think, you know, the demographics also play into the new technology that's coming out today, Uh, things like what you're doing with Finlocker and trying to connect and create a consumer, a customer for life or or figuring out how to add value to uh these 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 folks who are more prone to using technology um they grew up with it right like the people in the market today the majority of the market today they have venmo accounts that they um they connect their bank accounts to they have PayPal, so they're used to it uh 10 years ago this probably wouldn't have been a thing where um with you know being able the connectivity and and uh customers and consumers saying hey i'll give up some data on myself for an added benefit uh, on the back end and you 're seeing it with really cool companies in our space, like brace for example Brace is uh, I really love the brace guys they're they're doing really big things, and the whole premise of the brace uh platform you know I think they make um, the other met stuff out there look look as old as they are uh, <laughs> it's basically it's basically the the borrower has to give their login credentials to their bank account and it pulls all the data and i think t- 10 years ago a servicer wouldn't be comfortable with that because they would think that the consumers wouldn't be comfortable with that but it's it's totally a thing now uh and that's the direction the the market's moving in.
0: yeah the, uh, i'm a fan a huge fan of uh of brace um it, as you know my before joining finlocker i spent uh, some time at flagstar bank and we had we had Brace in a, in a, a tech accelerator, uh, the fir- the inaugural uh, FinTech accelerator that Flagstar sponsored and got to know their platform and, and the team over there. So big, big, uh, big fan of what those guys are up to. And, and I love the, um, I love the, the uh, how they're taking uh, consumer engagement that's been happening more on the front of the origination process and bringing it into this uh, very tech deficient and inefficient loss mitigation process. Uh, yep. And ultimately, obviously it helps the, the servicer and, 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 and the end investor, but I also believe there's a lot of benefit for the consumer for a more efficient uh, loss mitigation process. And hopefully over time, it, it may lead to better outcomes for consumers uh, than 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 these long elongated processes that have occurred today.
1: Yeah, I think just um, seeing how the lost met uh, departments were so backed up during these times, and I'm sure for the consumers it must have been hard to reach somebody or get instructions or find out what's going on. To yeah. sort of streamline and digitize that process, I mean that's huge. That's uh, not only valuable to the servicer but the consumer as well. I mean it's uh, and that. That is uh, one thing that our industry has lacked in the past is uh, you know, making sure that the borrower is happy uh, with the product. We don't wanna just originate a loan and that's it. You know? So it's, uh, it's been a good change.
0: Are there any other kind of cutting edge, innovative tech uh, platforms that you see that are kinda starting to play in the, in the, in the servicing space?
1: Yeah, there's a ton of great companies out there, these tech companies who are coming into the space. And I think to talk about what they're doing, we have to talk about kind of the deficiencies of the servicing system. So I think a lot of, uh, that's created a lot of opportunities for companies like uh, Stavi, uh, Orange Grid to kind of overlay servicing systems. Um, who else? Uh, NPL Manager has like a really cool, you know, it's like a, it's kind of like lowland Sphere to, uh, for the default process. Um, <clears throat> because the two systems that we currently have are you know they're basically 1960s mainframes and yeah. they keep adding things here and there and throwing lipstick on the pig but nobody's taken the time to just completely create a whole new system uh which is is very much needed so that's provided an opportunity for uh you know these companies to to come in and say how can we connect uh the consumer you know borrower portals but also how can, we, um, how can we get through the default process uh, and kind of overlay these these systems? Um, but the good news is uh, our client, Renieri has spent the last three years building a blockchain servicing system that was built from the ground up to be in the cloud, um, basically took all the processes that these servicers have built in their head and started, like, said, okay, we're getting rid of all that because the technology has dictated the process up until this point, and we're going to, we're going to process this how we would like an escrow account like how would we come to this conclusion on our own and let's and let's start from there it's all regulatory and compliance kind of based um but the reason why these the two large uh, options out there haven't done this is it's wildly expensive and it takes a long time to do it i mean it's a probably a hundred million dollar project and multiple years so um you know i think that hopefully it's a it's a tough it's a tough market to you know, conversion to a new servicing system is tough. I'm sure you've seen it in your days. I mean, your people are expected to work uh, their normal hours, but also beyond eight hours of conversion calls. So it's uh, I think that this is going to add another option. I think part of the one of the things we saw at the NBA that that I met you at tons of banks, uh, small banks and credit unions are saying, Hey, we're pulling our loans back in house. You know, right. maybe they they feel like they're not getting the service they need at the subservicer for their clients, uh, the borrowers. But the biggest barrier to entry for uh, these small banks and credit unions is the servicing system. It's, it is very expensive, and you know, it's kind of like the housing market. You know, if there's only two houses, you can kind of <laughs> on the on the market, you can kind of name your price. So this is going to be less expensive uh it's very exciting stuff and it's uh it's basically 99% built out and we're going to be bringing it to market soon um I'm trying to think of what else is out there it's uh
0: we talk know, about i, think... it's, uh, I actually had uh stabby uh on uh, maybe 3 weeks ago and, and uh super cool stuff what what you were just describing and, and you know you talk about kind of the antiquated uh um, platforms that have, you know, one in particular that comes to mind that's dominated uh, the mortgage servicing space for not years, but decades. Um, It feels like, and maybe I'm wrong in this, but it it feels like when you you have the braces and the stabbies and others, there's folks coming in to disrupt, but they're coming in to, to, to focus on a particular place in the process. And they're bringing technology and in a different way of looking at that particular function. And it is this kind of, I think it's creating a new, uh, a new paradigm in servicing where instead of having an all-in-one platform, you now have the ability to have components, best in class components of different things and stack those together to create, you know, kind of a more modern consumer experience. Is that, is that kind of, am I thinking about it the right way?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think you know, I think a lot of smart people are kind of catching on to the fact that there's a ton of deficiencies in these systems and we can kind of add, you know, add on new systems to them. Um I think with the Renere system, they wouldn't make that obsolete. I think that they could connect, they could they build out the servicing platform and they could also connect with uh these kind of cool new uh tech ideas. Yeah, I think you're absolutely yeah. right about that.
0: So, let's let's drill a little bit into uh into Raniere. I had uh you were kind enough to make an introduction to me at the servicing conference. Let's start, I mean, we can't, can't throw the name Ranieri out there without really talking about, you know, the name and what it means to mortgage, right? So maybe start there with who the heck's behind Ranieri and, and why is that relevant in, our, in the mortgage space?
1: Yeah, well, Lou Ranieri is uh, the godfather of mortgage-backed securities, and I think that that's his long play. Is you know, when everything's blockchain, it makes his life a lot easier uh, with these trades. So he's um, he's invested a lot of time, uh, a lot of money in this thing, and I think uh, you know that name itself has a lot of clout in this industry.
0: Yeah, right on. Yeah. I- <laughs> People are going to be, you know, quickly Googling the godfather of the uh, mortgage-backed security uh, once they hear <laughs> that. Uh, that. That caught my attention when you made the introduction uh, to for me. Uh, so, Ranieri, uh is really focused on uh, a subservicing execution, is that fair to say? So, kind of in addition to maybe servicing their own assets or assets through that are, that are held, but, also servicing for others is that fair to say?
1: Well, yeah. I think the first order of business is to service for others. Uh, so we we have you know some some partners in the industry who are very interested and who've helped us build this thing. Um, but uh, you know the 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 short term goal is to onboard clients onto the system uh, within the next year and prove it out build our client base, and then we could start talking about mortgage-backed securities and those types of things. But, you know, it's a servicing system, just like uh, Black Knight or Sage and yeah. uh, would be for, and hopefully that will, will give the opportunity for some of these small banks and credit unions to bring, bring loans in and, and service their loans, because that's their biggest barrier to entry right now. But we're also seeing some tech innovation, like um, to kind of bring it down to the vendor level, uh, which we we see and we deal with all the time. You know, we have uh, these case management systems at the foreclosure law firms that are kind of, uh, you know, kind of antiquated as well. So there's a really cool tech company called SAMI that uh, has a case management system uh, being built right now that uh, one of my clients is utilizing, and it's very customizable. We've created, a, my client, Settlepew, they're like a litigation firm out of Dallas. They've created a national uh, business purpose loan foreclosure network. It's uh, business purpose loans are very tricky compared to the typical foreclosure. And uh, we've identified firms across the country that can handle them. So anyways, uh, we've really invested a lot of money on the tech side to make everybody's life easier. The investor connects to it. Uh, the servicer can connect to it. Everybody can see the the, the litigation money being spent. It's very intuitive. Uh, so we're seeing some disruption, um, in that space. So I think it's, um, all the way down, you know, when we talk about fintech, we, sometimes we think about these huge companies, but, you know, even throughout the vendor, the chain of the vendors, uh, we're seeing a lot of disruption all over the place. And it's a very exciting time for us. And, you know, we have, um, Boston national title, uh, we're, you know, desktop, desktop appraisals go live, I think on the 19th, I don't even know what the date is today. Uh, the days are running together for me, but, um, you know, they have a, a technology called remote valve that the homeowner can scan their house and put pens in each corner, builds the, the layout of the house. The appraiser can kind of take it from there and, uh, you know, really bring those timelines down. So we're seeing it all over the place, not just at the servicer level, um, but all
0: the way down to the vendor level as well. So you're you're uh, let's let's. Pivot a little bit and, and talk about some, like your background and kind of what mm-hmm. <clears throat> what what makes you expert in this in this space because I think that's that's a, a good way to kind of tie it together it's what 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 have you been up to in your career leading to 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 what you 're doing at Fremont today yeah so
1: i'm certainly an expert by uh, by no means i 'm not a thought leader. i 've been in the industry for about a decade now so Um, It started off um, doing business development for Marinosi Law Group and then business development for Paget Law Group. Um, I started Fremont Street Advisors, so basically bankruptcy, evictions, um, foreclosure, so a very narrow focus on the industry, which uh, I thought I knew everything at the time. It turns (laughs) out I knew knew absolutely nothing. So a year and a half, we started Fremont Street Advisors a year and a half ago, and the really cool thing that I love about what we're doing is we have offerings, all kinds of different offerings. I'm not just selling one thing. I have a multitude of services. So it's opened up this whole new world to me of seeing servicing as a whole, like how yeah. everything is pieced together. This goes with this. Uh, this is tied into that, um, you know, how things are kind of integrated together. And I, I no exaggeration when I say this, I've learned more in the last year and a half of doing what I do now than I did uh, the first nine years in the industry. and. You know, part of this is I'm in the shops of these the servicers every week. Part of my job is just to, to find out, hey, uh, servicer X, Y, or Z, what is your pain points? What's going on at your shop? What are you seeing? How can we help you? So I'm really in tune to kind of what's going on in the industry. And you know, kind of back to the Ranieri, the servicing platform. You know, since since my first meeting, you know, I've been in these in these shops, and they're saying, hey, like, you know, we use this, but it's not necessarily the most efficient or cost effective but it's kind of our only option and i'm a contrarian by nature uh so like i'm always like why you know why is this you know uh, an option so really excited that you know there's more and i'm, I'm sure am sure not going to be the last one to come to the market i think i know i actually know of maybe some others that might be uh coming into the market as well so it's a very exciting time but yeah the um short answer long is i uh, i'm in the shops of the servicers every week and on the phone with them all day long so i'm kind of embedded in the industry
0: yeah know i lo- and I love the way you came came into it right you you were in a very narrow scope right in your, yep. your prior roles but to your point those the scope allowed you to start to see kind of the the, the broader landscape and now you're you know you're soup to nuts all things kind of you know Performing servicing all the way through to the to the very end of the process, whatever that looks like. It's uh, and I'm I'm am learning every day more about that part of the business as we have you know some engagements with with some different uh, tech providers there. Uh, so we got a, a few you know a few minutes left. Uh, as you kind of look out, um, we 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 dropped the blockchain you know term a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm curious in just a few minutes or less how you think blockchain starts to impact mortgage servicing specifically. And then obviously, if, it, if there's an impact there, what does that mean upstream to originations?
1: Yeah, some of that's above my pay grade, but I will say, like, um, I think the, the blockchain piece is almost a secondary thought to what a lot of people doing are doing. And they're just saying that this is the natural way that in these times the data should be stored this way. Um, you would probably be able to answer that more than me, but uh, I know for Rennieri, basically blockchain is like it's just kind of a given right now that that's the way we're going to do it. Uh, but the, their main focus is ease of use for the end user and the efficiencies that that gain. And I'm sure that that's probably the I would I would guess that that's the, the route a lot of people are going to take. So I would love to kind of hear your take on that.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm uh, I'm still trying to learn as much as i can a- around the chain <laughs> yep. um,
1: yeah yeah but,
0: but intuitively intuitively when i think of the trading of an msr yep. uh, intuitively it, it would make sense to me that that's an asset that should and, and, and should be more efficient if traded you know through the chain through the blockchain uh, sure. technology, um because typically it's not necessarily dynamic asset right you kind of know what it is when it's created and there's some you know some kind of fixed data points on that and and i I just think about as as msr assets and other maybe hold on assets are traded from from uh asset owner a to b to c typically each trade has this immense amount of due diligence that occurs that's time money and re and, and resources and again intuitively using blockchain technology where everyone trusts what was what occurred when it was initially put on the chain you should you know get rid of a lot of the inefficiencies a lot of the extra costs the the check the checker stuff that happens that that's that's my kind of uh, intuition of where the value is i think we're we're getting there but there's probably still a long ways away before the broader buyers all recognize and trust that that system
1: yeah yeah no you're right i mean when you're when you're moving loans around and you're having to pull from here 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 in here to to get the loan data it doesn't make any sense uh so on, yeah on the servicing side, the services system side that makes total sense and i think we're even going to see uh nfts come into our marketplace i'm hearing people talking about nfts and uh how how they can uh, get with the consumer to create an, uh, an NFT for the consumer based around their financial health, yeah. uh, which is way above my pay grade, but really cool stuff. You know, I've never been an ops guy, but uh, I'm always really excited to hear of new. Um, new tech and and solutions, you know, and that's what we're all about is bringing solutions to these servicing folks who uh, whatever their pain points are. So it's always really exciting to hear the new the new stuff. And sometimes I have to have like three or four conversations to actually wrap my head completely around some of these things uh, like the NFT. Um, So very exciting times for sure.
0: Well, it was our 40th episode of, of FinTech Friday, and we talked about blockchain and NFT. It hadn't happened on this podcast before, so that's cool. Next time, we're going to talk about the metaverse, which is uh, you know, we're going to we're <laughs> going to step way out there, and we may even hit into the uh, NFL free agency topic.
1: Uh, yeah, the, the uh, we can talk about the Jaguars and the Lions and see uh, see where we end up. That's the uh, yeah, but, that's the exciting stuff.
0: All we're talking about there is who's who's jockeying for the number one draft pick annually. So I don't know about that. Yeah,
1: it's a tough existence for us, but (laughs) somebody's got to do it.
0: Right on. Well, Joel, man, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. Um, If folks want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to connect with you?
1: Uh, Joel at FremontStreet.net. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'll be posting this on LinkedIn, as I know you will be, too. Uh, so Just reach out. My wife uh, runs the other side of the business. She markets and builds uh, our clients' brands within the industry. She's a marketing expert, and uh, she's a a decent boss uh, also. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, uh, reach out anytime, even if you just have a question. And um, if I can help you with anything, please reach out. Thanks again. Hey, Brian, it it was a really good time. Thanks, Joel. Appreciate it, man. All right.